The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day. the past there. And you wouldn't think that we'd ever be able to even open an episode with <laughs> just a, a, a sublime 
Yeah. Love song of yeah, sorts? Kind of, kind of, sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a... Uh, I don't know, a storyline that we probably heard once or twice before. Mm-hmm. Regular guy falls in love with a prostitute, a hooker. That old chestnut. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and it's funny, actually, um, another thing about the song, and that, of course, was Roxanne by the Police, mm-hmm. uh, that was released uh, as a single in April of 1978, ahead Oof. of their debut album, uh, Outlandis D'Amour, which was actually released in November of 1978. Uh, but... The song was considered a throwaway by Sting, the guy who wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't think anything of it. They reportedly were embarrassed when they played it for Miles Copeland, who was Stuart Copeland's brother, and a bit of a man about town at that point. He eventually became the band's manager. Mm-hmm. But he was, no, this is a great tune. This is really good. Right. And got them to push the song. Uh, it became their first uh, release in North America. Mm-hmm. And became an international hit, and yep. as the old saying goes, the rest is history. Yeah, so. easily their most recognizable hit to the masses. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, they didn't think anything of it because it was it was not quite as aggressive, not quite as mm-hmm. punk as the things that they were doing at that time. Much more reggae ska. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. But again, that's a story that we've heard time and time again, that the band thought, eh, this song is nothing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Becomes their becomes their biggest hit. You know, a couple yeah. weeks ago, we played "Been Caught Stealing" by Jane's Addiction. Same scenario. The band recorded it as a novelty tune. They didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it. It became their most recognizable song. So you just never know. You just never know. You know, maybe it's a case of the uh, the artist being you know too close to it. You can't see the forest for the trees, mm-hmm. as the old saying goes. But uh, as usual, it has a tie-in. <laughs> To as, our uh, to our opening topic of this evening, yeah, as convoluted as that is, <laughs> we are living on thin this week, folks. Yeah, but but so there's there, there's a clear mo at, at work here, and yeah. basically, um, you know, surprisingly, as we discussed, the legalization of both marijuana and gambling are almost complete, and by complete, I mean on a full blown countrywide. Uh, status definitely well on their way. Well on their way. Well on their way. And there was a time that people of our generation would never think in a million years that pot would ever get legalized. Yeah. And that gambling, sports gambling, mind you, would ever get legalized as well. well. I'm, I'm beginning to think that this period of of where we are, where we're both at, because we're relatively the same age in life, mm-hmm. is the period in life where you look back and go, "Well, I guess it was wrong on that too." You know, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Ouch. I didn't think that in my lifetime I would see legalization of, right. of marijuana consumption for recreational purposes. Didn't think I would see not only legalized betting, but legalized sports betting being embraced by all four major league sports in North right. America. Uh, didn't, didn't think I was going to see the results of climate change either. Kind of kind of missed, missed the boat on that one. <laughs> But you know, going back to the two vices, yeah. and yes, there will be a third head of the dragon, which we'll cover in a minute. Indeed. You know, the first thing we need to do is address um, what's gone right so far in this process of legalization. Yeah. What goals, uh, I I guess, has the government met? You know, Uh, is it easier truly to, um, you know, once it's legal to uh, regulate? Yeah, regulate, tax, lord over it. And I think in both cases, the clown has no penis. More so with pot, it's it's been a resounding no. Um, I'm not a, I'm not sure that regulation was necessarily the end goal. Mm-hmm. I think both of them were very very much powered by the very American 
institution mm-hmm. of money. Yeah. You know, uh, we are... It's fairly American, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're all about. And in that case, it's been a resounding success. I think uh, commercialized sports betting revenue in 2022 generated $7.5 billion. Um, legalized marijuana constru- uh, consumption for recreational purposes, adult-use marijuana is, is how they refer to it, mm-hmm. uh, I believe generated a combined total of $15 billion last year. So, you know, we're a capitalist society. We're all about the Benjamins. And right. in that case, in both of these categories, it's been a resounding success. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of funny because it makes me wonder, have we given up on legislating morality? Because in the past, these things were illegal for moral purposes, and mm-hmm. to some extent, in the places that remain, um, like for instance, gambling. Believe it or not, there are still two states that have no form of legalized gambling at all. Not even a state lottery. That would be Utah and Hawaii. And good old Utah. Good old Utah. <laughs> and in Utah, in particular, it's definitely morality. Yeah. It's you know a morals thing with those folks, the uh, the Mormons. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, is capitalism mm-hmm. now usurping morality and is that doesn't going, it always? I mean, look at, look at prohibition. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like the, the message failed at the end of prohibition when they reinstituted free sale of liquor. Right. The message was still there. It was destroying families. It, it put a lot of people just out of work. They were just laying about. I I tend to think more of Roosevelt's New Deal had more to do with getting people out of that morass right. than legalizing liquor, and then all of a sudden everybody's responsible with it. No, it doesn't work that way. No. And, you know, as far as the medicinal aspects of, of marijuana and those, um, those dispensaries or the yep. doctors that are prescribing it, yep. you know, that was already in effect, and yep. I think, by and large, everybody's on board with that, whether it be treating cataracts, late-stage cancer victims. I mean, give these people some relief. And the uh, medicinal benefits of marijuana have already been proven ad nauseum. Yeah. And I think that that was probably part of the agenda of the people who wanted eventually to see it legalized completely, legalized for recreational purposes. We'll soften the public up. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll familiarize them with it by doing the medical thing first. Right. And the government, of course, had dollar signs. Ding, ding. And based on some reports that that I've seen... uh, you know, there's there's a lot of licensing and whatnot that goes into play. You still just Absolutely. can't open up a pot shop anywhere, no. even in any one of our Democrat-run cities. <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's it's almost appears to be legal legal. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, extortion. Mm. Some of the fees that these these. But here's the thing: if you don't pay the fees and you don't pay the fines, and they come in, they look for your license, they shut you down. That's all still a misdemeanor. And these sure. cops that are running these these task forces will say, literally, we shut down a place one day, it's open for business the next. The very Once next these day. guys get bail and boop, they're yeah. right, you know. And it's the cartels that are behind that aspect of it because they've got so much money to burn. They can open up these little front shops, keep selling the stuff until somebody comes in and shuts you down. It's a misdemeanor. It's a slap on the wrist. You're damn right they're going to open up the next day. Well, Why not? I, it's funny now that you bring that up. I'm wondering how much exasperation um, played into the legalization for recreational purposes. Yeah. I mean, to a great extent, a lot of, lot of uh, police and, and legal uh, entities across the country had stopped even bothering prosecuting people. Right. 
for you know simple marijuana possession offenses. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, it was because they had another agenda in mind. They were yeah. out to get this person for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, without going into great detail, uh, living in Southern California for all the years that I did. Yeah, that was pretty much the case with the police. They weren't going to run you for possession of small amounts. They just did, they didn't have the time. They had bigger fish to fry, you know, whatever the reasoning behind it, that maybe finally, you know, people just threw up their hands and said, all right, enough of this. We might as well just make money off it. Right. We might as well legalize it. Think how many some... episodes of Miami Vice no longer have merit because <laughs> it's not that's a big deal. A, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of right? that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I mean, in a lot of ways, I think... Uh, gambling was the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. People don't really regard it as gambling, but the lottery yeah. is very much gambling. It, it, it fits the T as far as the very definition of gambling. Yeah. And the lottery has been around on a state level forever and a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was part of the stepping stone. Well, before there was a state lottery, there was the neighborhood lottery. Yeah. And they would have number runners. Yes. And, and especially yes. like in Harlem and a lot of the, in the Bronx. I mean, this was just a, a thing, and every yeah. major city had it because people needed that little out. Yeah. And who facilitated this? Organized crime, yeah, just like they did with drugs, well, was, just like they did yeah. with liquor. It was making money for all the wrong people, right? You know, so now the state finally steps in. You yep. know, the 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 biggest brother on the block, mm-hmm. and they said, okay, now we're 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 taking this now. This is going to be our revenue generator. Thank you very much, yeah. and generate revenue. It does. So, as I alluded to earlier, there, there's a third head to this monster. Yep. And I can't help but think of that scene from uh, The Godfather mm-hmm. when they're having to meet in the five families. I know exactly where you're going And the with one this. guy says, except for drugs, this is dirty business. Keep it to the dockies, to the colleds, you yeah. know. Yeah. And he says that in, in most places. Let them places, lose their souls. Yeah, right. Let them like lose that. their souls. We're not worried about the uh, prostitution and, and gambling, which is normal vices, you know. Yeah. Well, again, there's a, there's a little <laughs> deception going on here, too, um, as far as prostitution. Technically, prostitution is only legal in Nevada, technically. Mm-hmm. And even in Nevada... You, you just brought in prostitution with no fanfare whatsoever. That's the third head of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And why you have we, a little horn you could toot or something? Why we or? led with the opening <laughs> gem. Yeah, that was a... <laughs> Less than subtle segue. Sorry about that, folks. It ain't easy, folks. We ain't it being subtle. Exhibit today. A. You know, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> but yeah, you know, when you think about it again, you know, and like we were talking about in pre-show, my big question, my overarching question is, are we giving up on legislating morality? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we haven't completely given up on it if you look at what happened with the whole abortion thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as the Supreme Court kicked it back to the states... Everybody reacted in ways that you wouldn't fully expect that state to react. Mm-hmm. You know, some completely legalized it, you know, right up to five minutes before birth. Some states, you know, completely illegalized it, if that's a word. I think I just made up a word. Mm-hmm. Like five minutes after conception. So each state reacting just as you would expect them to react. Right. But again, it's a deceptive thing in the United States in particular. And it's kind of one of our peak full of shit uh, aspects or, or, mm-hmm. or characterizations or whatever, in that it's illegal unless you get your buddy Bob to film it. Yeah. Well, it and goes back to our puritanical roots. Yeah. And, you know, the, the discussion of legalizing prostitution has been around as long as the argument for legalizing weed. True. And at the end of the day, I mean, if the law of the land is, without, you know, dropping the abortion debate, you know, if, it, if the law of the land is pro-choice, yeah. which now I guess it isn't. No then that should apply to prostitution as well. Well, the law of the land is it's up to the states. 
You know, the Supreme Court, time and time and time again, and not just this particular court who everybody's raving about is, oh, the, you know, conservative court or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court keeps kicking it back to the states. They did the same thing with pornography. You know, I think it was in uh, 2001 or 2002, they decided that pornography is protected by the First Amendment, freedom of expression, which is absurd, <laughs> just a little bit. But, you know, it, it was the same thing with, uh, with marijuana. It was the same mm. thing with gambling. The gambling thing in 2018, I believe it was, the Supreme Court kicked it back to the states. They, they didn't, the Supreme Court doesn't legalize or illegalize things. They mm -hmm. decide who decides. And as a Republican, I'm fine with that because mm. I think it should be up to the states, you know? Yeah. There's what's an good for Rhode made, Island yeah. should, and not necessarily what's good for Wyoming. You need to realize that. Yeah. But the, the, the thing is, you know, for the longest time, they're able to hide under the apparent auspice of health concerns right. and the spreading of STDs and whatnot, yeah. which is a rational argument completely, yeah. especially, you know, through the AIDS epidemic and whatnot. Sure. But again, I mean, a lot of this should boil down to just like liquor and pot and anything else, you know, proceed at your own risk. Yeah. And... It's it's quasi legal in in Nevada. I sure. guess it's like outside Las Vegas city limits. It becomes legal. Yes, or some weird. It's like seventeen of the twenty nine counties, <laughs> and if it's in a brothel, right. you know, and it is very much regulated in mm -hmm. that in that respect. And yeah. that's I guess part and parcel to the legalization aspect of it mm -hmm. is you got to keep an eye on it. You got to make sure it doesn't get out of control. And I do want to go on record right now, um, being the you know, pot advocate of the Riffs and Ranch team here, that I would be the last person in the world to call pot harmless. You know, anything that's an intoxicant is not harmless. Yep. Um, and should have some degree of oversight. And it, there should be rules uh, governing purity and mm -hmm. should governing the distribution of. But it, it does annoy me to a great extent anytime anybody who's in the pro-legalization uh, camp argues that it's harmless because it, it yeah. most definitely is not. Well, my views on the subject are legendary. There's no no <laughs> need to rehash that argument. No pun intended. Johnny can smell weed about a mile away. Literally, it's, it's and an there was a amazing uh, sixth sense of yours. A fun story in the news this week. Yeah. they're um, pumping the brakes on. I believe it's the uh, the Kansas Highway Patrol. Okay, because they're having a field day with people coming from Colorado with <laughs> marijuana. And it's just, it's oh, like of course they are. shooting ducks in a barrel. Yeah. And they're just pulling them off constantly with any kind of flimsy excuse. And it's saying it's unconstitutional. But the cops know where they're coming from and what they're doing. It's like this one particular highway. It's, what else are you going to possibly be doing there? Right. You know? Right. I was like the old days and having a Grateful Dead sticker on the bumper, <laughs> you know, of your VW van as you were rolling up to one. San Francisco right. for the show mm -hmm. and the police, the California State Police, pulling you over along the way. <laughs> Shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. You know, or if your windows are rolled up and they're not tinted, but you still can't see in them. Yeah. Chances are yeah. they're getting baked in there. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to be so <laughs> obvious, folks. But see, again, that's one of those things now that, that came up that nobody ever considered. Yeah. What to do about and how to judge one driving impaired due to blazing up in the car. Because everybody's doing it. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like, well... You can't just go by the smoke because they could be smoking a cigarette or they mm -hmm. could be using a vape device. So, And if you smell it, 
even I can't pinpoint which vehicle it is unless there's yeah. only two of us on the road. Yeah, and it's not like taking a breathalyzer for alcohol where you can tell if somebody is impaired right now. Right. Though, in all honesty, again, going back to experiences I've had in the past, I found that, that, that people smoking weed and driving are actually a hell of a lot safer. You know, as long as you're not com- you. as long as you're not comatose. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, if you're stoned and you're behind the wheel, sixty feels like a light speed. Okay, <laughs> it really does. And I, I, I guess it gives people the urge to get in front of me all the time too. <laughs> Thanks. Now you're taking this personal, John. It's just business. Come on now, come on now. You're taking it very personal. You know, but it, 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 in my estimation, the only thing worse than a law that is enforced incorrectly is a law that's unenforceable. Right. And I think. Really, on both of these cases now, the gambling as well, you don't hear a whole lot, although I'm sure it's done, gambling on boxing or MMA. Interesting. Because they're so easy to throw. Because unlike all the sports with all these different regulations and whatnot, yeah. when you come down to a contest between two people, it only takes one Doesn't take to have to ulterior motives. Sure. Right. Sure. And as fast as those physical competitions happen... Box has been doing it for decades, throwing yeah. a fight. Oh, God, decades, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. football, you got, look, you got 12 guys on, on the field, plus the coaches and, you know, 53 guys all together on a team. It's kind of hard to keep that shit secret, yeah. you know? And yeah. they're extremely well paid, whereas professional fighters of any kind, yeah. the winner gets the purse, you know, the loser gets a steak dinner if, he, if he's yeah. lucky. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for shenanigans there. Oh, yeah. Not to mention how they're turning out on a daily basis all these new gambling addicts you know yeah. like we had done in an earlier episode they thought a caveat if you sweat it don't bet it yeah Bullshit. that'll stop behavior yeah. yeah that that stern wag of the finger yeah well again it, it has been kind of shocking to me to see how much it has been embraced by baseball mm-hmm. by football you know by the nba and our favorite baseball example, poor Pete Rose, yeah. who they basically come out and said as of last week, he ain't ever getting in. Yeah, they yeah, pretty much said it. It really doesn't have yeah. a whole lot to do with gambling and everything to do with they hate the guy. And they if, hate if who did he piss off? Bart Giamatti to start. Is that what it was? And then I guess when he died, the guy that came after him. And they'll say their their rationale is he had a chance to atone and and speak up and he confess and he yeah. chose not to. Yeah. To which I say, bullshit, you antiquated old-timey sport that's dropping in viewership. You know, like, like I was going to use that Titan sub, but I'm not going <laughs> to now, because that's an implosion. But Interesting reference. You get my, 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 my point. Holy. The last thing they need is bad press. And I'm sorry, but we both saw them with, with, with a lineup, if you want to call it that, of well-known players lining up in front of Congress, all testifying that they were not doing steroids lying or right performance enhancements, lying yeah. right through their teeth, and not one of them saw so much as a fine for that. So I'm calling bullshit on Major League Baseball. Well, it's the asshole factor. You know, yeah. Pete, Pete Rose very much... Is an unlikable cuss. Like Ty Still Conn. is, yeah. Yeah, and, and the fact that he didn't apologize, mm-hmm. the fact that there was no contrition, there was no, I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, I shouldn't have done this, blah, right. blah, blah. You know, so much of our judicial system depends on you going into court after you've been convicted and saying, I am very sorry, mm-hmm. I was wrong, I should the have done that. Guilt. Yeah, you better cop to it yep. or it's going to, you know, the, the sentence coming down is going to be bad. Yeah. And Pete never cop to it. But keep in mind, but, this is offensive to a sport whose standing rule is, amongst the old jarheads of the sport, 
if you get hit by a pitch, we're going to throw at your guy's head the next time. That That's what we're dealing with. Oh, this is the brain trust. Yeah, okay? there's, there's inherent contradictions in all of this. you know. And, and yeah, the gambling thing, classic example of. You know, of all the guys that have been suspended for gambling, of all the guys that have been uh, bounced, had their careers ruined, not mm-hmm. just in baseball, but in football yep. and in basketball. Very much so in football, in fact. And now it's the way it's working. And we've had a bunch of guys suspended already. Sure have. Um, you know, that it's, it's legal, but you can't do it. I mean, the rules are kind of convoluted. You can't do it in the, 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 the facility, the team facility. Mm-hmm. You can't bet on, if you're in the NFL, you can't bet on NFL, but you can bet on NBA, you can bet on baseball. Right. But you got to be, what, 50 feet outside the team facilities or some shit yeah. like that? Or look at college sports. And, you oh, know, Jesus. you yeah. can't tell me for a second that this whole, the NFT, the non-fungible tokens, right. and, and the way they're funneling money to their star athletes has nothing to do with gambling and the fact that these athletes might get tempted to kind of skew things yeah, more so being, than being in the being a past. Little, little naive, just yeah. a little naive. And, and now that you bring that up, the fact that you've got like DraftKings opening up kiosks on college campuses. Right. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, when I was an undergrad, credit card companies descending on mm-hmm. undergrads, you know, totally. and, and handing out credit cards with five That's how and I got my th- first one. Yeah, five <laughs> and $10,000 limits, knowing damn right well that these kids were going to default. And I went out that day. I got mine. Got the new I think stereo. Like $1,200. I went out and got a new Apple Proforma computer. Yeah. Piece of shit. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to run this sucker up today. Yeah. So was, I bought a computer and an ugly bar tab. I called it a day. Yeah. So, yeah. And you don't think DraftKings <laughs> knows exactly what's going to go down they on do. college campuses yep. in the fall. So I tell you what, my friend, a quick question to wrap up this segment. It's just simple yes or ness. Yeah. Yes or ne- yes yeah. or no. Whatever you said. That. Yeah. Plus, okay. <laughs> in five years, yeah. prostitution legal in at least 50% of the states or no? That's a tough one. Um, again, there's, there's, there's an element to it. Where it's already legal with pornography, um, there, uh, according to, to federal figures, something like one percent mm-hmm. of the female population of the United States has worked in prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers, you know, are, are fairly staggering. Well, look at the money they're making on OnlyFans. Yeah. Women that are already famous that want to augment their income. Yeah. It's even happened to chicks that are professional wrestlers. They open up that OnlyFans account. Guys are paying them to watch them take off their clothes yeah. and other stuff. But it's a, it's, a, it's a tough hurdle to get over. Um, it may be the final great morality hurdle yeah. to get over. There's still something, I don't know, sleazy about it, something mm-hmm. that's morally unacceptable about it that's really, really going to make it a tough sell. Right. Um, but... Again, once upon a time, I felt that way about drug consumption. I felt that way about gambling. And look at where we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years, probably not five years, but not too long after that, I could see it being legalized and regulated. I, I'd, I would say at the rate we're going, 10. I'll give you it 10 think? years. 50% of the states will make yeah. it legal. Well, again, it's going to happen incrementally. Mm-hmm. California will most likely lead the way. <laughs> probably. Yeah, um, <laughs> though, ironically... Sports gambling, I don't think, is legal in California right now. Hmm. I think it's one of the few states where it hasn't happened yet. Right. I'll um, check. Yeah. A lot of these, I mean, again, with, with sports gambling and with uh, recreational marijuana, it's not legal everywhere yet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going in that direction. It's going hard in that direction, especially with the kind of money that they're generating. 
but it hasn't quite gotten everywhere yet. I tend to think prostitution will unfold like that as well. Okay. You know, it'll be legalized in certain states. Utah will never give it up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that's Utah. Because they're not fun Man, at all. I know. Anyway, anyway, it's time for we're massively running over in this segment, Are so it's really? time for the middle gem. Okay. What do you got, sir? Oh, it's mine. Yes, I like it. Um, <laughs> I think this is uh, this is one of those uh, gateway gems. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> To segue, segue from, I meant segue, uh, yeah, segue from, say, yeah. from our, our main topic to our subtopic. This is a gem of gems. This is Elvis Costello and the attractions doing what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. And you will understand why we're going with this in just a little bit. Fair enough. Sit, listen, and enjoy. And we'll be right back with some more things.
was Costello and the Attractions. No complaints here. To pump things up a little bit. <laughs> oh. I remember as a kid, a uh, little kid, walking through Sears. Okay. Um, and they had some T-shirts on the rack. And that's when I first saw the name Elvis Costello. Right. Know? And I had to be like less than 10 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, who the hell's Elvis Costello? I know Elvis Presley. Like, yeah. What the hell's this guy? You know? Oh, yeah. It was a strange, strange, <laughs> strange transition, I guess, from yeah. Elvis Presley, king of rock and roll, to Elvis Costello, yep. the king of, mm, yeah. you know. And because he was a controversial artist when sure. he started. Very much so. And one of the first groups I got into as my you know, knowledge of classic rock expanded or ballooned up yeah. was Elvis Costello. And he quickly became one of my favorites. Nice. Because the honesty in the music. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Man had an edge. Yep. Has an edge, I should say. Uh, that, of course, was Peace, Love, and Understanding. What's so funny? Uh, that was, song was actually written by Nick Lowe. Uh, and released back of in 19... 19- Cruel to be Kind? The Nick one and only oh, Nick Lowe. Right. Cruel to be Kind, Nick Lowe. Interesting. Uh, released in 74, originally as part of his band, Brinsley Schwartz. Go ahead and try and say that. Yeah. After a few <laughs> shots. Uh, Elvis and the Attractions cover it in 78, uh, ironically. I don't know if ironically is the right word, but Nick Lowe produced the sessions that uh, ended up being Elvis and, Elvis and company doing... What's so funny oh. about peace, love, and understanding? Did not know the that. song was eventually released on the attraction's 1979 album Armed Forces, mm-hmm. and uh, critics generally agreed that the Elvis version had a little more bite to it, right? And uh, a little bit more ferocious. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it uh, nice anecdote. Did yeah. not know that. Thank you very much. Uh, but yes, it does very much. I think um, appeal and apply to. What's going on in the world these days? Yep. And uh, but before we get into that, <laughs> uh, the subtopic kind of kind of dovetails nicely from the main topic: mm-hmm. um, the Hollywood vice spin and yeah. uh, uh, Hollywood's strange morality and how I think they make a lot of these things like legalized prostitution or legalized uh, you know drug use palpable. With these tropes that they come up yeah. with, like the hooker with the heart of gold, or yep. the tart with a heart, or the comical drug abuser. Yeah, it's, it's more sanitized and glamorized, Yeah, but there's definitely something there. Kind of like um, when you're a little kid in school and you go to the nervous office, and they all had that same poster up there of the lady with like no teeth. Smoking makes you glamorous. <laughs> like a meth head or something. And that, you know, Hollywood does that with these... These tropes, yeah. okay, the hooker with the heart of gold. Mm-hmm. All right, what was the other one you told me earlier? The tart with a heart. The tart with a heart. Go, yeah. Bang. <laughs> the noble gangster, you yes. know. Like, yes. well, they only steal from the bad people. Of you course. Know? They only rub out the bad ones. Of right. course. Um, well, the- that's a classic example of Hollywood's weird sense of morality is a lot of these movies um, with the that start out with, you know, the gangsters, mm-hmm. you know, the, they're you know, anti-heroes or whatever, they have this arc that usually ends up with them being destroyed in the end. Yeah. You know, like what happened with <laughs> Michael Corleone. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts off as the good guy, ends up being the Antichrist. Right. You know, Goodfellas, another classic example. They started mm-hmm. being, they're just a bunch of happy-go-lucky guys. They're robbing the airport and sure. blah, blah, blah. And go then, home and get your fucking shine box. You know, in the end, it's a mess. Everybody goes to prison. Uh. They start shooting each other. <laughs> Uh, Casino, classic example, mm-hmm. you know, in the immortal words of Joe Pesci's character, you know, we had it all and we fucked it up, yep. you know, my gratuitous F-bomb of the day. That's a great example of weird Hollywood morality. Same with the hooker with the heart of gold thing. Um, eventually, 
in all of these movies, be it you know Pretty Woman or one of my personal favorites, L.A. Confidential. Mm-hmm. You know, Kim Basinger winning, winning the Oscar. You know, for her role as the you know the good-hearted prostitute. At some point, they all get punched out. You know, or abused in some way, shape, or form. Right. I don't know if that's that's part of the whole you know making them sympathetic characters thing. But again, with Hollywood's welcome to the freak show tendency for weird mor- morality twists. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that comes up. It's a recurring theme. Do you realize that that was the second time Kim Basinger played that role? Really. Remember the movie The Natural with... Uh, yes, with Robert Redford. Right? Yeah. Oh, and, okay. And she was the personal whore of Darren McGavin, the judge. Right, right. And would always send her to kind of keep uh, Robert Redford weak in the knees, so to speak. Right. But she winds up falling for him. Yeah. And when he finally gets wise to everything, he's like, this, this whole thing is a setup. You're a piece of trash. And of course, she's like, oh, don't leave me. Yeah. So yeah, so she, she was very good at that role. Interesting. Yeah, which probably prepared her for a marriage with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I didn't get to, I didn't Jeez. get to sing him in a while that piece is. Anywho, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the one act that 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 contradicted um, this whole weird twisted morality, of course, is Cheech and Chong, mm-hmm. uh, starting in 1978 with I believe it was Nice Dreams was their first movie coming out. This of the is gate. your wheelhouse, man. <laughs> or no, excuse me, I believe it was Up in Smoke was okay. their first movie. Nice Dreams was one of the sequels, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I have I do have a tendency to uh, lean towards movies like Tequila Sunrise is a classic example. Mel Gibson is the drug dealer who's trying to get out. You know, but again, twisted morality. Raul Julia, you know, plays the big coke dealer from Mexico. Mm-hmm. He gets shot and dies. You know, classic example. Look no further than Breaking Bad. Yeah, and you got Brian Cranston, a sympathetic character, school teacher with cancer, needs money to, for treatment. And or to take care of his family for his inevitable passing. Yep. Winds up being a, the, the meth kingpin of, of Arizona. Yeah. You know. Very, very good example. But again, like you'd mentioned, there's that arc and he becomes yeah. the worst of the worst by the end of the series. Yep. You know, morality, boop, out the window. Yeah. Happy go lucky gambler. Another Hollywood trope. Right. They're all just happy and they you know, they they scream at the sky when they lose, but everything will be okay. Yep. How about no? How about you lose your house, your wife leaves you, you know, mm-hmm. the kids have no money for college, things like yep. that. Or you end up getting picked off by the mob. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality of the situation. <laughs> How about Driving Drunk, a movie that would never get made again, even though they tried. Yeah. Arthur, and I'm thinking of the Dudley Moore version of Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Driving around town in a, in a classic coffin on wheels, all right, to begin with, some Buick Le Behemoth. Yeah. Drunk off his ass, visibly riding up the curb into the neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. And everybody plays it off. Oh, what a lovable scamp. Yeah. Arthur. Never mind the body count he would actually accrue yeah. in the real world. He's you know? really a good guy. He's okay. Right. You know? And a lot of these, and this is why I bring up the other thing, they, they evolve in time and people kind of learn that, yeah, that, that's really not cool, you know. Yeah. But a lot of times they don't. And the hooker with the heart is the classic example. They always go back to that. That role. We also yeah. mentioned earlier uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in, in Trading Places. Yes, played the exact same thing. She was she was a good example of the hooker with the heart of gold who's smarter than everybody yes, else. Of course, because they're street smart. She's another on their reoccurring translates. Yeah. Right. yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> you know, or you know, getting into the, the happy go lucky gambler thing again in Ocean's Eleven, the remake. Yep, um, they very much poo poo the fact that you know in the first film, Danny Ocean goes to prison. Yeah. 
at the end of, you know, for violating his parole. Mm-hmm. You know, and they kind of skip right over that, right to yeah. the point where he's getting out and Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts are picking him sure. up and they've been waiting for him. And they're, they're glossing know? over the whole concept. The man is my is a fucking thief, all right? <laughs> they're all pieces yep. of shit criminal crooks. Yep. I don't care if they're stealing from a company, from Andy Garcia, from the old lady down the street. They're a fucking piece of shit thief. Yeah. And here we are, like, with the jazzy undertones and, ooh, it's a heist movie, you yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. it's just like, and thank God they, they took an episode of Rick and Morty and, and skewered the whole heist movie thing Did to they? the nth degree. All right. And it was just like most of their episodes just masterfully done. Yeah. Because it's like, look, break this, this shit down. All those movies are the same, yeah. you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I said, they're piece of shit thieves. So, but Hollywood puts that little spin on it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. A movie like No Country for Old Men. You got Josh Brolin as, as the dim-witted cowboy that comes across this thing of money, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, what's he going to do, you know? But he plays a straight man so much so that the deranged killer, um, Javier Bardem, who's yep. chasing him, he's the star of the movie, friendo, yeah. getting people with the cattle prod in the neck and flipping yep. coins. Call and, it. Right? That's what Hollywood knows we want to see. Never yeah. mind, uh, you know, the guy in the lamb. Yeah. And <laughs> do you think that in doing this that Hollywood does make the legalization of these vices far more palatable to the, to the public. Yeah. It, it will be naive for us to sit back, you know, this far into the game and say that Hollywood doesn't have an effect on pop culture to the extent that it also affects our lawmakers and yeah. our duly effe- uh, elected officials. Yeah. Because they're of the same mindset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that. No doubt about it. It's, it's a common enough and all of these things are talking about are recurring enough themes that yeah it kind of dumbs it down to the public for lack of a yeah. lack of a better perspective yeah and i mean people forget at least let's say from the house of representatives yeah those people are plucked up like a, like a giant social claw machine from the unwashed masses <laughs> and i mean we see this today in today's day and age just in stark relief yeah these are not the best and brightest, the most educated, no. the most suave or well-spoken. No. I mean, look at these people. And again, this is on both sides of the aisle, believe oh, yeah. me. Oh, yeah. It's just really, this is this is the best we could do. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those people, I would say, yes, sir, 1,000%. Yeah. They're affected from everything they've seen in Old Yeller <laughs> to <laughs> The Godfather to, you know, 12 Monkeys. Wow. You name it. We you just got an Old Yeller reference in. That's yes, amazing. finally. Nice. Uh. <laughs> oh. So that being said, and yes. for all our, our time constraints, because of course we've got the special video segment we do. right we around do. the corner. If you are tuning in on YouTube, yes. you get a little bonus segment. Yeah, and actually, speaking of YouTube, yeah. um, we're, we've got three episodes up now. Yeah, Drop us a line, folks. Yeah, it's simple. It's John at BigBoomRadio.com. Let me know how we're doing. Let me know if there's like things you want to talk about, things you want to see. You know, no big whoop. We'll talk. Yeah. I and if you're that angry and pissed <laughs> off and offended by anything we've done, John at BigBoomRadio.com, <laughs> he wants to know. He wants to hear from you. Because sometimes I can be a bit snarky, <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> nah. And on that note, oh. that brings us to the third gem of the episode. Yes. Which, without, you know, letting the cat out of the bag... Um, yeah, this is not matching our first two songs at all. However, <laughs> I, I fought for this one, folks, and I finally got Michael on my side because I wanted to hit 
something that's going on from a completely different perspective um, and make fun of the people that are just rallying to get us upset over shit that we have no business getting upset we're, over. No, we're being incongruous. Wow. And Love we're, it. We're digging Excellent it. Excellent word. Yeah. Excellent word. Thank you, sir. And fortuitous that this gym was available. Indeed. So I'm going to play a little ditty for everybody uh, by one of my favorite quirky bands called Primus. And this little ditty is about Winona's Big Brown Beaver. We'll be right back after this.
never need a reason to play a Primus tune. Oddly enough, I don't know if you could possibly imagine this, but I used to sing that at karaoke, too. Did you really? Because I can hit, I, I won't do it right here, I might bring right, some equipment, right, but right. I, I can hit that Southern Yodel like nobody's business. <laughs> Proof positive, my original roots are in the deep south. Yeah. Shh. And yeah, if you've seen the video <laughs> for this song, that's kind of the point we're making. That's what we're yes. getting at here. We're here to just make fun of everything. And we kicked around so many different ways to approach, we'll put the cat out of the bag, the Jason Aldean song, okay? So uh, we, we, we tried high road, we tried low road, we tried like right down the middle. And finally we settled on, you know what? Let's just give them all the bird. Yeah. And go with something so comical and over the top and yet country-esque. I love the British <laughs> phrase, taking the piss. Yes. Are you taking the piss? Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Right. So before we get too far in it, of course, that is, like I said, Primus doing Winona's Big Brown Beaver off of their 1995 uh, album, Tales from the Punch Bowl. And just a little uh, anecdote, a lot of people have always speculated, who's Winona? Mm. Okay. Okay. All we can verify, according to Les Claypool, yeah. is that it is not Winona Ryder, <laughs> and it is not Winona Judd. Okay. Good. Mystery Good continues. To know. Uh, so somewhere out there is someone named Winona with a, well, a big brown beaver. Yeah. Just yeah. Four legs, and, very cuddly. Yeah. yeah. And let's see, it's Swim. Seven Layers Taco Bell. Well, and, yeah, that. Um, yeah, but that's all in the song. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. know the song. Indeed, indeed. So here's, here's the... So in anyway, the real world... yes. What's going on at Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? <laughs> oh, I'm having a ball. We've actually uh, we've gotten better. I think most people would agree. All right. Editing this whole thing. You are doing a hell of a now job, Now we've got sir. the nice little placard there as well. Uh, a, uh, a few scattered items Johnny in our gallery. Johnny is a New York Mets fan, folks. He is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, is. that's me. And yeah, last-ditch attempt at being happy this summer. <laughs> but um, you know, in between this Ouch. stuff, I still manage to record some shows. So yeah. we've got... Some uh, new episodes of the Classic Rock Showcase on the way. Nice. I just completed Bob Seeger Volume 2. Good stuff. Which, yeah, I'm happy to say I had a ball doing it. Yeah. Me and, and B, who will be on camera someday here. Indeed. She was rocking out with me because she gets all excited when I start dancing around. Indeed. Go figure. Mm. <laughs> Glad some female in my life does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Sorry, Mrs. X. <laughs> Miss you too, honey. See you soon. Aww. But. It's just, uh, yeah, so we're still doing that stuff on the side, still trying to put together what we're going to do for Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, and we're still putting in the work to do our um, special program on the station, which will be the top 25 gems from Riffs and Rants of all time. Working on it. That's going to be fun. Fun, That's, fun, that fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it's, it's going to be a, a m just mountainous task. Maybe I save mean, that for Christmas. We're up to, what, four... Hundred something gems now. What is Easily. it? What is it? The count? Easily. Well, technically, if we did just three for every episode, we've got one hundred and fifty. That's five episodes. Wow. Yeah, it's that's upwards to four hundred and fifty gems. Yeah, closer to five because we had some with four gems. And yeah. Oof, a lot of work, kids. A lot of work. Damn. But worth every second of it because we get to reach out to the masses around the world, and they're that all we'll good never songs. Meet. They're yeah. all good songs. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about it. A couple really repeats, are. truth be told. Not many, <laughs> but a, good, a couple of repeats. A couple of Kinks tunes that we, we used once or Ooh, twice. A yeah. little bit of everything. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, nobody's perfect. This is true. Well, see you later. And I think that's just about going to wrap up this episode. All right. All this, I, I feel so much better that we got all that out. See, that's what you do. You just talk things through, and then you all of a sudden it's it. like, eh, yeah. I'm not that upset about that anymore. Yeah. 
I got real problems to worry about. This is also true. Like the fact and that it's a thousand degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and getting into my car with its with its black leather interior uh, has it's like sitting on a fruit roll up. Hazardous. <laughs> yeah. It becomes a burn burn thread or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, hey, didn't we get some feedback from somebody saying we're not drinking enough on air or something like that? Yeah, well, truth be told, uh, one of my uh, review sources, who okay. I value highly, right, right. said something to the effect of, I thought you guys used to drink during the show. <laughs> well, we do, but it, it's masked because we don't want to give anybody any free publicity. But Not until we get some speaking, sponsorship right. going on here. Generally speaking, we're normally both drinking. Well, you stick with vodka and whatever. Yeah. I'm always a vodka and seltzer. True. And then in between segments, as we're editing, we'll do uh, what they call bombs. So we've got some assorted energy drinks, which shall rename nameless. Indeed. And, uh, and vodka on top of that. So mm-hmm. it's like vodka chase with vodka. But it never gets <laughs> to the point Excellent. that we lose it. There was one episode. Chasing vodka with more vodka. It kind of sounds redundant, but it really we make, isn't. We it, make the shit look it good. It works, yes. And, you know, yes, truth be told, there is such a thing as the lost episode. Oh, Jesus. Number Don't 23. Go Don't go there. You'll never see it in your program. No, you will not. Because somebody, huh, somebody that day showed up to record <sighs> a little uh, schnookered. A little is an understatement. <laughs> But again, let's not Whoa. let's not beat a dead horse. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far yep. away, folks. But it does have the notoriety of being the only episode that was ever fit to air. Eey. Wow. And that's saying a lot, because we'll throw any shit up there. This is true. <laughs> so that being said, thank you so much around the world <laughs> for joining us this episode 155. Hell to the yes. My goodness. Yeah. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.